Then he was something special. Eddie. He built the pyramid right in front of us and said, this is how we're going to do it. We got to practice doing things right all the time. Little things, huh? details. And Zach. Every day you build, you got to build a foundation, man. That's what we're doing here. As they take you on a journey discussing front office moves, game breakdowns, and interviews. So batten down the hatches and get ready to set sail. It's time for Book.Podcast. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Craig coming to you live from STLR Sports Talk Studio. This is Buck That Podcast. You know what time it is. It is your favorite time of the week, Buccaneers fans. We got a lot to talk about today. Because, uh, you know, it's that time of year again. Football is in full effect. Second preseason game knocked off the uh, list. Check it out. First win of the Bruce Arians. First regime. win of First the Bruce win. Arians tenure. Matt Gay with that game-winning kick. Big kick, a 48-yard uh, field goal to win game the game. Winner. Game, game winner. Game winner, son. And I do want to talk about that a little bit because, you know, at the end of the day, I think that, let's be real, part of the problems for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, amongst a few other things, red zone points being one of them. Horrible secondary. Horrible secondary. But the kicking game has been not so good. No bueno. Especially the last uh, three, four years. It's been really bad. And much like the Booker Tornadoes who have had – Issues on special teams over the last couple of years that looked great on Friday, by the way. Uh, we actually had uh, shout out to Booker. a lot of PATs made, which has been a journey over the last two years. Three of them made. Three out of four. The fourth one was blocked a little bit, or else it probably would have been good, too. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers special teams looking a lot better this year than it has in the past, especially in the kicker department. Huge. Real quick. How long do you think you can kick a field goal? I don't know. I've never tried. I don't even know if I have like the right technique. One of these days, can before, we get into Booker and try this? Well, out? yeah, because we know somebody that does the broadcast, so maybe pregame we can get out there on the field and maybe see how far we can kick the ball. I mean, I'd probably be good for maybe like a thirty yarder. I don't Ooh, know. Ooh, thirty yards over under. I'm gonna take the under. I'm gonna. I'm say, gonna go twenty five. I bet you I hit a twenty five. I don't even. I don't even know if you come close to. Well, 30 isn't yards. like the end zone like 10, 15 yards? I think 17. it's twelve. I think it's twelve. Oh yeah. It's like <laughs> ten probably. I think it's twelve. No, it's ten. Well, probably twelve if you count where the pole like because it sits back a little bit. Well, isn't that what we're counting? I don't know. I'm talking about the actual end zone itself. Well, I actually think the field goal and the way it's set up is, is the post is at like two yards back from the end zone, and then it actually leans over and it's probably right on that line right. to make it exact. But I believe it's twelve. But I'm sure maybe get my measurement sure easily on looked up. Well, yeah, because the the well, I think what makes the variable is where the the holder yeah, is yeah. back a couple yards. That's right. So that's why it's always like those weird numbers. Because the end zone's 10 yards. I'm getting a try. Sure. Definitely have to stretch out a little bit before I pull a hammy or something. Get that Martine Grammatica injury. Yeah. I stand corrected. It is 10 yards. 10 yards. It seemed like an odd number for, for a football field to be 100 yards in, in the uh, end zones. Because I always well. thought, yeah, I always thought it was like they usually kick seven yards from where the, the ball spotted and then 10 yards for the end zone. 
So it was always like 17 on it. Yeah, because the holder's back a few yards, like mm-hmm. almost like five plus the kicker, you know what I'm saying, gets that little run and start. Yeah. I wouldn't want to try it, though. So shout out to the kids in high school that, that for Booker that made some uh, – We can put ourselves through the combine. Yeah, we man, do we the got time drill. Bro. We can do sled podcast combine. Kicking drill. We can do jump, <coughs> vertical, all that stuff. I mean, I'm just down with trying to kick a field goal. That that works for me. But Matt Gay was looking good. We're going to talk about him a little bit later in the show. Uh, Scotty Miller. Scott, w- w- Scotty too hotty. Is that what we d- we decided on last man, we, week? We talking about Scotty this quick? Yeah, it's part of the monologue. Part bro. of the monologue, man. Scotty too hotty oh, and Ronald Jones. Is this Scotty too hotty or Scotty the body? It was Scotty too hotty. It was Scotty too. We said Scotty too hotty. It was two to one. Oh, okay. All right. You're the only one who wanted to call him the body for some weird reason. Man, I, I, th- I think he's way behind the game right now. There's so much receiver depth that he really needs to show out these next two games. Well, Arians came out last week and he basically pointed out, you know, and called him out and said that he needs to get his ass on the field. Yeah, basically quote, called him weak for not playing through this little injury. Yeah, so In it's good words. that he's back on the field because, like you said, he does have a lot of competition out there. Guys who have been out there practicing well. In the game, well, Spencer Chanel, Justin Watson, dropping balls a little bit, but still they just signed another up. receiver too, didn't they? Yeah, uh, kid from yeah Hall from uh, the Bears. Bears cut him. Fast guy. Perriman's been looking solid so far. Perriman's yeah, he's he's looking legit. Bro. He's he's gonna play. Let's just hope he stays healthy. That's that's his issue. You I don't know, think they're counting had, so much on him. So he had that first round talent coming out of you know UCF. So he has talent. He just needs to stay healthy. I don't think they're counting on him to be number one or number two. So his his, I do think he's are definitely be being counted on. I mean, as a number three re- receiver number three. in this offense, yeah, I mean, you're going to be used a lot. So he's probably going to get a lot more playing time than he has in the last couple of years. One, he's healthy, and two, he's he's going to have that he's going to have that opportunity where he didn't really have that with the Browns. I mean, he did get on the field because of some injuries, and he shined a little bit with the Browns. Caught yes, like. He did. 13 passes, 200 yards, something like that. Um, But he's going to have a lot more opportunity here with the Buccaneers. So hopefully he can just stay on the field and stay healthy. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Definitely going to be tough when it comes to these cuts. And we're going to get that a little bit later in the show and talk about some people who we think might be on the uh, verge of being cut and not making that final 53-man roster. But Scotty Miller, Ronald Jones, they're both returning to practice. And uh, both of them, you know, well, one of them, I, I ain't going to say both of them, Ronald Jones. A little banged up. It ha- was a little bit banged up, but he's been having a way better offseason than he did last year. Uh, if you had to almost compare the two, it almost feels like Scotty Miller is having that uh, Ronald Jones curse, that first year kind of slump, if you will. So hopefully Scotty can put a couple things together in these next couple weeks. Got a huge game this week against the Cleveland Browns at home. We're going to get to that a little bit later on the show as well. Um, kind of talk about our Browns and Bucks preview. Dress rehearsal. Dress rehearsal. For the regular season, yeah. It's definitely pretty close. This is, and everybody knows, third game of the preseason. That's the one where you see the starters for an extended period of time. Usually they get like the first half, um, if not even a little bit longer than that. Somebody, maybe even I don't see him playing third. past the first half. Yeah, but I think with uh, Arians, he's trying to protect his starters. Probably be the first half is what we're looking at. Till we see, because literally the second half of this game and pretty much all of the final game are going to be the most important for those guys trying to make this roster and not be those those victims of the uh, 
Yeah, Arians came out and he actually said that um, it's going to depend on how well they play in that small amount of time that they have against the Browns. So I'm I'm taking that as if they play badly, they might play a little bit longer. And if they come out and they have a couple good solid drives, that he might just go ahead and put the second, third string stringers in there. Makes but sense. We'll see. Matt Gay, your boy was on Good Morning America. What? They made it on national television. That's not the show of Strahan, is it? That is... Uh, oh, no, my bad. Good Morning Football. Okay. Yeah. I did say Good You're talking America. about Hoda and uh, what's-her-face, yeah. Kathy Griffin. Yeah. <laughs> Gifford. Gifford. But, yeah, we actually have um, the little segment here from Good Morning Football. And I'll go ahead and put that right now. The Bears have this kicker situation. That yes. is nothing compared to the Buccaneers kicker situation. The Buccaneers have been searching for a kicker since Martin Gramatica, and they finally have found one. Look at all these names just since the last time we went to the playoffs. You can go through this list and do a 30 for 30 on these guys. Remember <laughs> Kyle Brinza or remember Cairo Santos? Guys, Nick Folk is with the Jaguars now, right? The Guess what? The Buccaneers have found their man. They drafted a guy, Matt Gay. He hit a 55-yarder last week, and with the game on the line... He lines up for one against the Dolphins, down a point, and he nails it. It's preseason, but this stuff matters. It matters, and look how excited Jameis is. <laughs> the sidelines with Vernon Hargraves is dancing over a made field goal. Yep. Guys, it's a minor storyline, but it's a major one in yeah. Tampa. The Bucks have their kicker, Matt Gay. He finally has solidified that position. They don't have to worry about it. They've got their guy. And, I mean, it's true, though. And, you know, they're talking about, like, they were kind of, like, laughing a little bit, but kind of like, you know, it was like they were kind of joking, but at the same time being serious because they they know even as broadcasters, like, oh, you look at look at Vernon Hargraves. He's, you know, jumping over a field goal. He's like, but like but that's, like, legitly, he's pretty much saying, like, but that's how bad their kicking game's been the past. Yeah, Vernon know. was around his rookie season, I believe it was, Why? when Hard Knocks was in town. And we saw firsthand the guys razzing these two kickers, and they couldn't make you know pressure kicks in training camp and in preseason yeah. ball. And to see this guy who's come in uh, ten seconds left on the clock against the Dolphins that hits that kick, he nails it. The fifty what fifty five fifty six yarder against the Steelers, he hit. Uh, the, he's got ice in his blood right now. He had from a what 64. I see. In training camp. And practice? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, let's be real here. Over the past couple of years, how many missed field goals have we had? I mean, <sighs> it's like like a handful, but way too many. You know what I'm saying? Like what? We've had like lots. Couple, Enough to change the course yeah, of the game. A, a couple PATs we missed, a couple field goals here and there. I mean, you know, those are all points that we're leaving off the board. That, yeah. We had you know enough to get a second-round pick as a kicker. And then enough to get another kicker two years later. In the fourth round. In the fourth round. That's how bad our kicking has been. And they left a couple names out there. We did have Connor Bartha and Matt Bryant. You know, they were good kickers. They were, but I think Matt Bryant was around uh, 2007, wasn't he? Mm -hmm. uh, that was our last playoff. And then after that, I think there was like 10 or 12 kickers they, they had on a the list there. That's a lot of kickers in, in a 12-year span. Oh, yeah. I got people asking so many random questions. On we don't have to worry about line. kickers no more. We got to worry about that offensive line. That's what we got to worry about. For everybody asking about the puppies, they are doing good. And Oh, congratulations, man. you grandpa. And, and, and Carter, we don't care about who some backup quarterback from the Jets that the Eagles picked up. We don't care about that. Didn't, didn't the Eagles just sign Luke McCown? 
Maybe. Then bring Luke McCown out of retirement? Isn't that what I saw yesterday? Well, there goes your answer right there, Chris. Luke McCown. Luke McCown. They brought your boy back out of retirement, played for 76 teams in the NFL. Yeah. We don't even have 76 Th- teams. Thanks for asking that question on Buck That Podcast instead of No Boundary Sports Talk. Way to be a team player. Maybe if you would have came in Sunday, you would have known that. Ass. <laughs> Love you, Chris. But uh, yeah, and no, they don't know about the cups yet. I'm, we're getting cups made, personalized. Buck that podcast official cups. They are not dishwasher safe. Just let you know, you got to wash them by hand. So back to the puppies because nobody gives a shit about the cups. I'm um, just kidding. Um, I'll cup? keep your cup, man. Screw you. No, I'm just talking to these puppies. Everybody cares about the puppies. So what's the litter like? Like six girls, uh-huh. only one boy, only one male. Almighty wow. Mouse. Y'all come up with names already? Nah. Just for the boy, he's Mighty Mouse. Eric wanted to call the boy Mighty Mouse. Is that Mighty Mouse for real? Yeah. Is there a runt? I can't really tell you. Yeah, they're only like a few hours old. They're like a few hours old, so they're they're all runts right now. And Belle's doing good, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. Good. She did all of them naturally. Um, It's some pretty cool colors, man. I'm I'm waiting. I'm excited to see like in the next week kind of like how the coat changes to like their actual, what they're going to look like. So what's up with these cups? Somebody's getting cups? Gene, which, uh-huh. which is one of CPK's friends, him, right. him and his wife, are making us some official Buck That Podcast cups. Official? Oh. They're going to be some cups kind of like what Eddie's drinking on out of over there. They kind of got like some... Uh, well, I take back my comments then. They got some... Clearly. Yeah. I care about these cups. Yeah. They, they, they're going to have the Buck That Podcast logo on them. Mm, nice. Really nice. Some like... Good quality cups that I'm getting for you guys. Hmm, awesome, appreciate nice that. Take nice back guy, my comments. God, figure I'm a, if I buy a real you guys, piece of shit today, aren't I? Figure if I buy you guys enough things, maybe you guys will show up a little bit. What do you mean show, show up, up a little bit? I, we haven't missed the show yet. Not yet. Man, well, I'm trying to keep that, it that way. This is a show that keeps trucking, man. We're gonna keep it that way. And the most consistent. Speaking of keep on trucking, the Bucks. Want to keep on trucking for the next five years. They do want to keep on trucking. With Jason Light. That's a big contract, man. Five years. They did not give – it was something that was kind of kept under the uh, the hush. Yeah, it just came out two days ago, unreported um, from when they signed Arians, that the Buccaneers went ahead and gave him an extension for five more seasons of this guy. Did not have a, a financial uh, number on that. Still five years. And and you kind of wanted to talk about this uh, Jason Light situation. Um, I feel he's been – I don't know if I would have committed to five years. I don't know. I just think three's the number. You got a guy in Arians who obviously saved his job. Saved it. Worked with him in Arizona. So, I mean, if it wasn't going to be Arians this year, I don't know if Jason Light would have had another – or had an extension. Jason, yeah, I think that record. was probably part of the uh, stipulations that when he decided to take the job with the Bucks, he probably is like, "Look, I want my guy, my puppet, yep. basically." Yep. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, I say hmm, with Jason Light, I think he's been pretty solid. He has missed on some stuff here and there, but I mean that's what GM every GM you know. Yeah, take chances. It's, it's not perfect science. Um, I think he's missed more on free agents 
than he has on actual draft picks. I think his draft Kicker. picks, for the most part, have been solid. He's hey, got a good track. Aguayo coming draft. out, though, was like the number one like, most accurate, in the history most of accurate kicker in NCAA, double fo- uh, NCAA football history. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, for, the, for that to happen with pretty much like a free pick that you picked up in like a trade for trading down, I mean, it was worth the gamble. Didn't pan out. But, I mean, at the same time, too, like, I'm sure he's not the one in the room with, like, a gun to somebody's head. Like, no, nah, I'm taking this person. If you don't like it, you can kiss my ass. Like, some of those players that are being asked to be drafted or asked that they that get brought in during free agency, it's a, it's a collective agreement between the coaches <laughs> yes, and stuff but like that. Your so, scouting I mean, department is going to be the ones that's giving the GM this information, the coaching staff the information. Yeah. They're not out there spending tons and, like, hours upon hours scouting hey, in college just so remember, much. Just remember, I'm going to throw this out there. Yeah. At some point in time, some scouting department decided to make Jamarcus Russell, Ryan Leaf, and Tim Couch all first-round draft picks. First round. Well, that's because of a strong arm that they just saw something yeah, I that mean, was – I'm just you saying, know. you know saying? Not every, it's, it's a gamble sometimes. And Ryan Leaf was probably more of a head thing. Yeah, some people him, some you know? people he are had a little the clouded, clouded, and sometimes it's the same, you know, the same thing with – you know, some people just don't hack it. I think yeah. Aguayo was another head, head And all those scouts situation. that dropped Tony Romo. But going back to uh, Jason Like, you're right. He hasn't had the greatest of free agency periods. His drafts are a lot better. But the problem I have with him, besides Marpet, he hasn't really secured up that offensive line. Yes, he signed Donovan Smith. Donovan Smith hasn't missed a game. But also, Donovan Smith is also not the best left tackle in the game right now like he i wouldn't even say he's top 15 in the game right now so he hasn't really done a good job both on the defensive side of the ball on the line and the offensive the trenches of securing those positions up right now we have one of the weakest offensive lines in the league so i i don't know we had a pretty good offensive line last year though i mean we were one of the worst rushing defenses in our offenses in the league um, That's different, though. I mean, the, the offensive line's got a block for them, so yeah. But the guys have got to, you know. Well, here's my argument. They got to play too. The running back. Here's my argument with that, though. Is it so much the fact that the players that he chose, or was a scheme, were, were bad, or was it the schemes? Because you know, some more we're about to talk about here in a, in a little bit. We talk about cap, camp standouts. Vernon Hargraves looking to be the he's kind of like been like the MVP of of the training camp if you will but has he been in the MVP of the games because I've also seen him kind of struggle a little bit in the games as he well, was also so. positioned the first game to, to make an interception that didn't, got called back that yeah. got called back so I mean yeah are, are there going to be times where you know he may get beat early on because this is a new scheme but it's a scheme that they're using that's suitable towards his style of play you know what I'm saying like I'm gonna be real with you. Like, if we have a basketball team full of five Shaquille O'Neals, probably not gonna be trying to run the same kind of offense that the Golden State Warriors run and shoot threes all day. Oh, you know no. what I'm saying? We we don't got the Splash Brothers. You know what I mean? You already see it so, in some of the players. You know, it, it, with, with Hargraves, you know, what I'm saying he's a guy who was best fit for man to man. And this whole time, this is like his first this year. This is what he plays, and and, and he's and, and they're raving about the improvement in him. You know what I'm saying? So this is a guy who Jason Light drafted that kind of hasn't really played up to his potential. And I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the first to admit I haven't given him very much credit. Nope. But in this new scheme, he is looking like there is some potential there. There is some there is some, uh, some chances, uh, some life there. So maybe some of these other players, because realistically in training camp so far, the the big talk of the the town is you know we had a 
what everybody kind of considers a pretty good rookie class, but it's been these second-year guys that are kind of stepping up. up. MJ Stewart's kind of, you know, saying like, not saying that he's like a, a night and day difference, but he's improving and, and getting better, which is... Yeah, the game's slowing down for him. The game's slowing down, which it, it partly is, is going to be, I, I feel the development of the players falls into the hands of the coaches. You know, so Ronald Jones last year, who struggled with Dirk Cutter in them, is is looking a, a whole lot better, a night and day different person than he did last year. Look at so, Noah Spence. So I mean, some of these guys, <laughs> some of these guys that we may think hit in, in the past because of the past coaching staff, they might be like, ah, maybe they're not that good. Maybe these guys are scrubs. They may turn around and show them. Now I'm not gonna say every single person who who we've been kind of down on, but there there is it's kind of looking like there's gonna be a good handful of those guys that we may have kind of doubted for the past couple of years may end up surprising us this year in our defensive side of the ball. Noah Spence and William Golston just watching those two play this last game and them lining up in their true positions. And, and to be real with you, if those guys do step up, if those those are two very serious names that are defensive linemen. If those guys step up, I mean, that's huge for us as a team. That that gives us a chance to where, okay, now our defense is starting to look like how we want it. Now we can do maybe what Zach's talking about, spend the, that first round, that second round draft pick on the O-line line guys. And let, now let's start or, or bring in, like, now you kind of got a team. See, and that's the thing, too, with free agency, you know what I'm saying? Like, nobody just wants to go like, oh, well, you know, the Bucks, like, they haven't really been nothing since Gruden. You know what I'm saying? If I'm like an all-star lineman and I got a chance to go somewhere like the Patriots or somebody who's been winning over the last, like, four or five years, I got a chance to go to the Bucks. Like, eh, maybe I might go play for the Packers. You know what I'm saying? Maybe I might go try to see what I can do and protect Andrew Luck and try to, you know, see what I can do for him over there in Indianapolis. Like, uh, these Bucks guys I don't know about. But now this team starts trying to make a couple turns and start looking a little bit better. Like, if we can get to 8-8 eight and eight this year, maybe that 9-7 mark, maybe not, you know, we're, we're at least, like, knocking at contention in the NFC South. There might be those guys that want to come over here and, and play with us next year, you know what I'm saying? And we're in the year that we're going to have a hell of a lot more money to spend in free agency. Oh yeah, we're going to be able to you know make those draft picks. And part of that of being able to have the GM be able to draft those guys and address some of these issues is for some of these guys that are on the roster already to step up. Because right now, let, let's let's be real. Secondary been trashed the past couple of years. Garbage. Few of these guys pan out, and our secondary gets better. Okay, well now, now maybe we can bring in that veteran leader guy next year. <clears throat> you know, kind of like decent little contract, kind of team friendly for that one or two years, two three million a year. Have a guy come in there with these young guys, kind of give them that that wisdom from from a veteran, but somebody who can help contribute to us, and we can spend those picks on some of these these linemen and stuff that we need. That is really the key of what this coaching staff can get out of what our current roster is. I mean, we're looking at a, a, a situation right now, Shaquille Barrett and even uh, Deion Buchanan, they've been having some pretty decent training camps and stuff themselves. These are free agents that have been brought in. They're all on one-year contracts, and even Brashard Perriman, who has come out, a guy who we've talked about loosely on this show, hey, you know what I'm saying, I'm liking it here in this Bucks organization. I'm trying to play good because I want them to bring me back next year. He's already come out and said that this year, that he that he's liking what he got going on over here. He wants to play good and contribute so that way he can get brought back in next season. I'm sure Shaq Bear and some of these boys might be thinking some of the same things and, and might be in a situation to where that's, what, that's another thing that we need instead of people like Quan Alexander giving us the middle finger and going to play in San Francisco for a couple more bucks 
hey, maybe these guys are like, you know what? We like what's going on here. We believe in what's going on here. We're going to resign. Well, I mean, Quan didn't didn't leave for a couple more bucks. He's, He's got the, the richest, greatest linebacking contract. He in the he got history. the richest contract for a linebacker yeah. ever. So. Um, but you do make some really good points. Hey, but if, but if he <laughs> if, if he turns into like how uh, you know a couple of these Rays players that have left and went to like Boston and stuff like that, if he turns out to have one of those careers, System, I'm, man. I'm not gonna be mad. Yeah, one the Rays know how to pick them. That's for sure. They do. Hey, the the Rays pick them, then they let them go, then they go somewhere else, and they suck usually, except for David Price. He's the only one who's really kind of like left and done something. But as far as dog named Astro, that's why. As far as free agents wanting to come and play here, I mean, who wouldn't want to come and play in Tampa? <laughs> one, no, what, no state tax, so yeah, man. that that helps you that out money in your goes pocket. Real, book. real long here, and, and also it's beautiful weather. You know, I mean, it, it does. Palm trees, bikinis, and beaches. A little bit of red tie, but that's they, all right. They do have things. Plus, that, viruses. They, they do have things that <laughs> persuade people to come here. But at the end of the day, you start building a little bit of a winning tradition here, start getting back to some of those. Because, I mean, the Bucs, for a very long time, were known as a defensive team. We got a good offense right now. We get back to a little bit of, like, you know, at least like that top 15 defense. Man, to build upon something like that. Could we have a top 10 defense and a top 10 offense in the same year? I think it's possible I with the offense possible. that we have, but I don't think it's I, this year. I, I was just about to say that. I don't think it's. I, I think it's possible. Maybe next year, or the year after. We're we're so. a pass rush away from being, I think, halfway decent. I see some of those guys playing, man. Like number fifty nine, Devontae Bond. That guy's a beast, man. He's I don't even know where good. he came from. Well, he's been playing for us for a couple of years now. Has he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been looking pretty good. Yeah, yeah that boy showed up, man. Just watching him play this week, I was like, man. Yeah, he, uh, from what I heard about him is he's actually naturally suited for this type of scheme uh, as far is as... Is it me or all the players suited for this scheme? Because they all seem to be shining. Well, I mean, I don't know about Nassib so much. Uh, not his pass rush ability, but his ability to draw back in pass coverage mm-hmm. and read pass coverage. And also the rookie, Nelson, that's another guy that's been injured but not been on hurt. the field yeah. during training and camp. And Mike Edwards and uh, what's the name of the boy? Yeah, Mike Edwards has been Pretty hurt, much too. Every safety like, we've heard a lot of good talk about the rookies early on in training camp, but with Mike Edwards being hurt... You haven't really seen it. Uh, and, and Bunting, just, I mean, he's been okay. He hasn't, like, done anything spectacular uh, in preseason so far. Uh, I mean, he did have two tackles, but um, I don't know. I'm just a little weary about this defense and not having that edge rush, not having a guy like Jason Pierre-Paul coming off the edge. Well, I mean, they had Soon. five they had five sacks in, in the game against Miami. Yeah, I guess they found a way. Those, those blitz packages, man, just watching them, boy. They, so I think quarterback could not pick little, up where they little, were coming from. Little smidgen. I mean, I'm not saying we're going to have five sacks every game, but a potentially is there. Kevin Minter made a, a NFL Network as well for his sack. He came through the line untouched and blew up that quarterback. I think there's yeah, going to be some cases like that this year where, where you know, and, and let's be real, like we haven't really seen the starter starters like full time. We haven't seen the scheme either. They said yeah. in an interview earlier this this uh, off season, a coach was asked how much of the scheme have we seen so far in the preseason of Todd Bowles. He said ten percent. That ten percent looks really good. Though. I think it's probably a bit more than that. But you know, like, let's just be real. I, I don't think a coach is going to tell the truth off rip. Well, but, I mean, it's just I, watching some of those, I mean, those those plays, man. I'm like, eh, this ain't playground, man. And they're throwing some good coverage out there. There's some good schemes. Yeah. Uh, but you know how it is too. Like even when you're in the game, some of that stuff, that's momentum changers right there. Mm-hmm. That guy gets through there, blows up that quarterback like yeah. that. 
that that gets that 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 turns a guy who's on the line maybe kind of breathing a little bit heavy. He sees that happen. His teammate gets that sack. Next play, now he's living off boy. adrenaline going. Yeah. So you know you you ain't breathing heavy no more. You're ready to go. You're on you know gas on the you know to the floor. Let's go. You're going to get that pick or you're going to get yeah. that turnover, that tackle for a loss, and then you're off the field, man. Then you're and hyping I mean, up the offense. Let's be real. What about like back in the Tony Dungy era and you know, in, into the John Gruden era? When we had that killer defense, how many times did those, did those defense of teams come up with some big plays and you just see it like they come up with a sack or something. You Ronde know, Barber. Warren Sapp comes up with that sack. Ronnie Barber comes from the corner blitz, gets a sack, and the whole defense just yeah. It's like they turn into some hungry wolves. They they see that blood. Let's attack. You know what I'm saying? So I'm looking forward to see what it what it looks like because a lot of these players have said they are in love with this Todd Bowles system on defense. Well, let's just hope they have the players to run it properly. Is it going to be better than Mike Smith though? I think it. I think it's definitely going to be an upgrade from Mike Smith. I've never been a defensive coordinator, and I think if I just legit went out there and took the defense and ta- taught them man to man like Pop Warner defense, it would have been better than what the hell we had on the field Could last this be year. Be another Monty Kiffin defense? No, nah, because it's two different two different styles. No, but I'm saying like like Monty Kiffin. Could it be a Monty Kiffin type as far as like us like making a hype some, like as a far as domination domination wise? I think so. To could change it, could the it NFL. Be, could it be a a uh, defense that scores and puts some points on the, on the board? Absolutely. This is going to be a defense built on getting pressure, where Monty's scheme was built on a front four pressure. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be real. In this day and age, especially with the NFL being a passing league, hypothetically speaking, if and, I, and I'm not saying every single game, but if your defense can score you six points in a game a couple times out the year, that's huge. A pick six or a a fumble return for a touchdown, I mean, that's huge. If your defense could come up with a safety here and there, so you get two points on the board and you get the ball back, I mean, th- that can be pretty damn big. So sometimes those those defensive scores or even special teams that I talked about, which is really special, you know, you break a punt return for a touchdown. You break a kickoff for a touchdown. Some of those things that take that pressure off that offense sometimes is very, very big. I think the biggest thing is that this defense is probably going to give up less points. I I agree. And that's going to give us a chance to stay in some of these games. Some of these games that were blowouts last year might not become blowouts. Well, and how many times did we have games last year where the defense looked pretty good and it had like, especially more towards the end of the year once Mike Smith kind of got canned, but we had some bend, don't break moments yep. and maybe you only give up three points. But, man, you give up three points – and you're you only putting up three points or you're against that red zone and you're not converting, that's a killer right there. But, you know, if you can maybe force some punts here and there, get your team the ball a little bit more, that's huge. Because like Zach said, a lot of times what we lost games is it wasn't because we weren't putting up points. It's because we couldn't stop the other team from putting up points. So we put up 28. They put up 34, 35 points. Obviously, we're going to lose that. And getting off the field. If it's just stopping a couple extra drives and getting off the field, yeah. like getting that defense uh, some extra rest, but in turn also getting that offense on the yeah, field for a couple extra downs. series yeah. or an extra series here and there are opportunities, giving them more opportunities is also going to be a good thing as well. So I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see this third game too. I, I One think thing we're I've noticed turnovers. I don't necessarily think it's going to be through necessarily interceptions, but I mean I can see some, you know, a few more forced fumbles. I can see some sack situations. You know, on, on some third down moments, forcing a, a fourth and you know long, where you got to, 
you know, punt the ball, I think those are going to be huge. First two games, they haven't really given up any major runs. They've been stopping the run. Yeah, well, we're kind of a, one of our weaknesses last year. So one, one thing, man, switching over that defense, and they got some big guys in that middle. We don't have our biggest guys in there. I mean, this, this last point. game, this last game though, they kind of did give up the run a little bit. Did they? The Bucks, yeah. Uh, the first game though against the Steelers, we did show out, but this this last first game, first first team didn't give up any big runs. Well, f- as the team, uh, it was you had a. Uh, uh, for the Dolphins, you had Lair who rushed for 51 yards on seven carries. Then you had Faro for 41 on three carries. All right. So some big averages right there. Yeah, that I'll wasn't that. against. I'll take that back. I'll take that, that back. wasn't against the first team though. First team, Kenyon Drake only had one carry for one yard, and uh, your boy Mark Walton had five carries for eight yards. I mean, still overall as a whole, Miami only had 280 total yards. So I mean. We definitely held them uh, for the most part. It was definitely a defensive game. I believe it was a little wet out there on the field. So mm-hmm. all of us, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this out there too. All of us were wrong as hell on our score predictions. <laughs> we all had the Bucks winning, so we were right on that. But it. man, we had the Bucks scoring way too many. Well, points. What were the points? Well, in so, our defense, though, it was a very wet game, and it was more run heavy. Yeah, throw that out there. And also two bad teams. Um, and they played, they played each other a lot that week. And scrimmaging, so they kind of threw off, you know, what their game plan was going to be. Yeah, you know, Eddie, I don't buy into that, man. Not I in do. preseason. I don't think they're giving up their hand like that, man. But you're getting repetitions even in, against even the, in the people. game. Yeah, so but they're showing vanilla schemes. They're showing vanilla show plays. They're not, but they're showing. not though, because they're not showing their hand. So how are you going to show tendencies when you don't show your hand? Because you if you saying? line up against the same player ten times. You're going to see some tendencies. I know, but I'm talking about actual scheme. I'm not talking about actually having to line up and play against the player. I'm talking about an actual scheme, play calling. I think it's very vanilla. I don't think they really show much. I think it's a lot of the same looks. It probably is, but that's what Eddie's – you guys are kind of both saying the same thing in different ways. Like Eddie's saying, like, if, they call, if they've seen the same play ten times in practice, when they line up in that play, they are like, all right, there's the one player where the dude does this and this guy does that. It went that, both ways. Whatever. Yeah, like, like okay. they kind of they knew – like they may have not have shown their full hands per se, but out of those 10, 15 plays, they may have been showing offensively each side. Everybody had seen them enough during the week, like, okay, we know what's coming because it was that joint practice. So going back to our predictions, Craig, you had the Bucks winning 28-14. Eddie had the Bucks winning 35-17. And I had Oof. the Bucks winning uh, 27-24. So you had it close? I had the, closer Dolphins. Margin. I had the Dolphins right on with 14. I just had the Bucks about... 11 points too much and maybe if we would have saw maybe a field that wasn't so slippery um maybe would have seen some pass plays yeah things like that i mean we, we we didn't do too bad as far as the passing department goes uh, ryan griffin came in and, and threw the ball great again 14 for 21 200 yards and a touchdown he did get sacked uh one time, but it had a quarterback rating of 113.4 so he's come in and shown why maybe he needs to be if kept he doesn't over get a guy like blaine one, gabbert dude? Over Blaine Gabbert, that's garbage, man. Blaine Gabbert sucks. I mean, we can already see the writing on the wall for Nick Fitzpatrick. Like he's going to be Fitzgerald. He's going to be gone. Yeah, Who? right. The the rookie out of Ole Miss, I believe it was was yeah, it Ole Miss? Probably, or he might be practice squad. <clears throat> yeah, that type of deal. But he's going to be released and and probably signed to the practice squad. But Ryan Griffith's showing out. I mean, Blaine Gabbert, 5 for 12, 42 yards, sacked twice, had a quarterback rating of 51.4. I want to throw a couple names out here on the offensive side of the ball as well. Um, 
Andre Ellington, it might be on the hot seat because Derek Agumbwale balling. Not only did he do his thing on the on the running side of the ball, my boy had three he, receptions for fifty four yards. He was balling, man. He, he he had a long of forty one. I mean, he had that. Was it a screen that got called back? It was either a screen or a run play. Uh, he did only average like 2.5 yards on the ground, had a long of 10. But like you said, in the receiving game, showed his uh, ability catching the ball out of the backfield. On the receiving side of the ball, Tanner Hudson looking to solidify himself as that third tight end. And you know what I like about this Hudson guy? He can block. He can block. He can basically do everything that Cameron Brait does for a cheaper price, which you may understand. I'm going to call it here first. And, and Zach can write this down. I think that Cameron Brait may be somebody that we see traded by the trade deadline. I think so. Okay. I'll buy into that. Hey, save a couple bucks, maybe pick up mid-round pick for him. Cameron Brait for a third rounder? I mean, you can find some gems in the third round. No Cameron oh, Brait for Ezekiel Elliott? Yeah, I no. doubt that. I doubt that. <laughs> that was we, ain't got the, we, we can't afford Ezekiel Elliott's price tag right now. Bobo Wilson. Had another good game. He, You know, he had some pretty good catches. Had some good stuff going on against the Steelers. Another good game. Good on, another reason why Scotty needs, another reason why Scotty needs to bring his ass to practice, like Coach Arian said. Hey, he better get to practice because you got Bobo on, on, on your tail. Justin Watson, another guy who Zach brought up. You know, he's had a couple good catches. Looking pretty good. So, the only problem I see with Justin Watson is, is he'll catch those. He'll, he has a couple nice catches. But he's also dropping a ton of balls in practice and a ton of balls in the game. Justin Watson is one of those guys that makes you mad because, like, the most complicated, the like the the like catch that he has to like do a triple axle, like quadruple catch. backflip, whatever, like the most circus catch, he'll catch that. The one where he's like wide open, like, he's and you hit him it. right between his numbers, is right there. He'll drop it. You talking like, Mike Evans? Looking like the little no, boy from, about, uh, from Little Giants, uh, cause Watson. Because that's basically what Mike Evans is. Sometimes. You're Mike Evans hater. <laughs> he is. But yeah, man, I'm, there's definitely some guys on, on on this squad that we haven't seen that are looking to. Uh... So let me ask this question, and we'll put this out there and put this in the spreadsheet as well. If I could give you one player mm-hmm. out of these 53 that's going to make the team, one of these surprise guys that we just mentioned, who has the best chance at the greatest impact this season? I'm going to say Hudson. Tanner Hudson? Tanner Hudson. For reasons why you just said. Basically, he's probably going to be... He's basically a poor man's Cam Bray. Cam Bray, and that there's a possibility that Cam might be shipped out because Hudson can basically do everything Cam can do. For a cheaper price. What about you, Eddie? You got a guy in mind? Oh, definitely, man, but I can't pronounce his name. Uh, I think it's. I don't think it's Dare. I think it's Adare. Adare. Dare and Agamboale. I think Agamboale, yeah. In this running back trio that they have we consider him as a trio right it's up for grabs between those three if this guy can really have a, a the next two games and really show out he might slide in there for the number two over one of those guys why wouldn't you put him out there if if he's carrying the ball he's shown some shiftiness out of the backfield Bro, he, being able to catch the ball and make plays so it, man. i think at worst he may be a guy that we see in special teams doing some kick returns i'm, I'm also going to piggyback uh eddie on that he has the most impact because Reception or receivers, there's a lot of depth there. I mean, one person that I'm kind of liking too, I mean, you know, Bobo's kind of doing his thing. I'm not saying he's going to have a huge impact on the team this year, but hey, if he's that guy that comes in, maybe he can get three, four hundred yards for the season. 
that could be pretty solid for us. Maybe have like that one or two games where he has like 60 yards and a touchdown or something like that. Maybe, you know, a couple hundred yards, two, three touchdowns for the season. I mean, that can be a, a, a guy who can do some stuff. A guy who we've kind of been, you know, familiar with since Hard Knocks. Yeah. Plus he hasn't. Bobo. Bobo. I mean, that's a cool-ass name. Bobo. Bobo. Last, last running back to show up like that, man, was Bobby Rainey. You know, that was my cat's name, by the way. Bobby Rainey? No. Bobo. Bobo. Oh. Yeah. Bobby Rainey. Yeah. Bobby Rainey, I, Bobby I named Rainey my cat. was raw, man. What do I look like? Craig Wiley named name my uh, cat Bobby Rainey? Bobby Rainey. Maybe. What's wrong oh, with Blame Ray it on Lewis. the Rainey. What's wrong with Ray Lewis? Ray Lewis. If you got a bully, what would you name it? If you had to name it a football player, Eddie. If I was going to name it a football player? Yeah. It'd probably be a buck. It'd probably be like Mike Evans. Nah. I would probably name it Biscuit after Cornelius Bennett. Cornelius Bennett, okay. Famous Buffalo Bill. Mine would probably be like, like that name Biscuit. It'd be cool to name a pit bull. Like Warwick Dunn. Warwick Dunn? I feel like Warwick is a good. What if I got like an all white one and named him Mike Allstott? I named John Lynch. Okay. This is big ass. I named Savvy looking dog. Hey, Biscuit. See, that's funny, man. That's cool. I don't even remember Cornelius, Cornelius Bennett. Bennett. You don't remember him? Was he like a defensive tackle or something? Not a linebacker. He played for. The, he didn't play for the Bucks. So he, he played, played for the Buffalo Bills. Bills. Well, I said a Buccaneer, Eddie. I know you said football player. I did, but I, I meant Buck because it's Buck that podcast. Give me a Buck. I said Savvy Piscitelli, John Lynch, he, or Warwick Dunn. He'd probably name his dog Booger. 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 That is a good one, though. That's a good dog name. You want to take that, Eddie? Nah. Are you gonna, I'm, I'm gonna come back to it. Your favorite player of all time, Mike, Derek Brooks. Derek Brooks. That's everybody's favorite player. Double of all nickel, time. man. Name him Warren Sapp. Double nickel. Nah. Sapp. You know what? Yeah. I think I name him Grammatica. Simeon. Grammatica. Simeon. Simeon. I like it. I like it. Bucks roster cuts are very dependent on uh, these next couple games, though. Bruce Arians has pretty much come out and said that. That uh, hey, look. You better make what you can of this playing time. You better show me something to make me want to keep you around because pretty much nobody's safe. Like, I mean, there's, I mean, I ain't going to say nobody's safe, but like, we know who's safe and who's not safe. Like, if you on that cusp and you know that you need to make some plays, you better start showing up because, I mean, let's just be real. We know this game coming up. Probably the first half is going to be at least the starters. Who gets cut? After that, though, after that, it's going to be third, second, four stringers for, what, two, uh game and a half? Yeah. The next game? I mean, I don't even know if James will probably start the, the, the fourth game of this uh, usually, preseason. The, usually the majority of NFL teams that I've seen over the past few years, the starters do not play at all. Not the, fourth. The first 22 players, offense and defense, will not see anything. Probably the only starter that will see any playing Kicker. time is going to be Matt, Matt Gay. Yeah. So let's let's actually like go down the list here. Let's start a quarterback. We'll go through some of these major positions. Right now we got three on the roster: Jameis, Blaine Gabbert, and Ryan Griffin. Obviously, these next two games, Ryan Griffin's going to be have to come out and show out like he has in the last. Uh, he just previous does the same games. thing. Blaine Gabbert gets cut, but. Is there a possibility that either we run with three uh, quarterbacks this season or we go with two and Blaine's cut? I said Blaine's cut, man. Garbage. I, free up that money. I think Blaine may be cut, free up some money, 
Fitzpatrick may be the practice squad guy, and I think Ryan Griffin takes that number two. He deserves it, man. All right, so running back, we've got five running backs right now on the depth chart. Peyton Barber, Ronald Jones, locked in to make the team. They're locked. They're not going anywhere. Andre Ellington hasn't had the greatest of preseasons. Not too bad at training camp. Obviously, uh, uh, Adair. I say Adair, Adare, whatever you call it. Adare. It was not Adare. Yeah, yeah, Adare. Yeah, Adare. Bruce Anderson. Obviously, he's probably going to be the guy that's cut. And then there's the toss-up between Andre Ellington, the veteran who played under Arians, or um, um, Gun Wale. Yeah. I say Ellington's probably the odd man out. Him or the rookie. Well, they're definitely going to get a lot of playing time these next two games, so we will see. I think Dari wants it more. Oh, he's going to get it, man. Now, on the tight end side, we just went over one of these guys, Tanner Hudson. He's currently listed as tight end number three on this team <laughs> behind O.J. Howard, Cameron Bray. But we also have a lot of tight ends on this team. We're going to be running a lot of two tight end set. Arians already came out and said that. So we're probably going to end up be keeping four tight ends. My tight ends would be, obviously, O.J., Cameron, Tanner Hudson as number three, and then Anthony Auclair, a guy that's been kind of that project player the last couple of seasons, hasn't quite panned out. And I think the odd man out is going to be Jordan Leggett um, and uh, Scott or- Orndoff. That's a horrible last Orndorf. name. Orndorf. It sounds like he, the, the, he sounds a wrestler. Like a sounds like he's from Lord, Lord of the Rings or something. He's, but he sounds like a tight end. Mr. Wonderful Paul We all Orndorf. in agreement on that, though, basically. Yeah, probably those four. I don't think they do anything with Bray, though. I think they keep Bray. Well, I think they keep him for now. Maybe get him on the field, but if I mean, they're going to run that two tight end set, man, they got to have it. It all depends, man. It all depends. Somebody, somebody, come calling up that phone and offers you something that you can't resist. I mean, dude, you, if you can get a third round pick for for Bright, that's pretty serious. Now, what do you guys think about a guy like Jared Ledbetter, who's shown out in the preseason so far in training camp, but he's like right on that roster bubble, like the defensive line? I think there's going to be a couple cuts here, probably. But I mean, at, at the end of the day. Defensive line is probably one of our, along with offensive lines, one of our ones where we need players to step up. And it's, it's going to come down to, like, hey, if you want to make this team, you better do something. You better, you know, ta- make a couple tackles for losses. You better blow up a play and get a sack. You better do something, force a fumble. You better do something to get those coaches' attention in the next, you know, game and a half whenever you got playing time. That's what it's going to boil down to. Because, I mean, there's going to be those players, you know, like Noah Spence, I think, is pretty much solidified. Uh, you got Golston, Bea, uh, Sue. You got people like that that are going to be there, that are going to be on that line. So, I mean, you know, you, if you want to make that line rotation, you're going to have to do something and really kind of impress these guys and make yourself stand up to be like, you know what, look, if I need this guy, you know, I don't need this guy for the entire game, but I need this guy for – 15 plays to give such and such and such and such breaks sparingly. Do they keep Anthony Nelson if he stays hurt? Hey, That's another guy who hasn't been on the field, yeah, hasn't been there, practicing, fourth-round pick we, we spent on I, him injuries, last year. Injuries can hurt you. He's a fourth-round pick, so I think he might be a little bit safer than some of these, like... What about no, Terry Beckner Jr., uh, uh, another uh, guy who hasn't guys. really been on the field too much? <coughs> Seventh-round pick out of Missouri. Uh, another position that... We've got hey, a, we we seen it last year or a couple years ago on Hard Knocks. Uh, Jeremy Nichols, yeah, didn't even make the squad. Yeah, he's actually balling for a team right now in preseason. I think it's Tennessee. Okay, he's been looking pretty good. Uh, another position that we've got a lot of players there. That's probably not a lot of positions. Um, 
you know, we're going to have to cut at least a couple guys because it's all about a numbers game here, is safety with the latest acquisitions of Darian Stewart. We can probably assume that he's going to be penciled in as a guy that's going to make this team. Darian Stewart, you got Jordan Whitehead, Mike Edwards. Do we keep a guy like uh, Kentrell Bryce? You got Isaiah Johnson. John Battle was recently signed. So That's so much in the air right now because there's no consistency in those players. They're just trying to fill that hole right now. Next two weeks, though. A guy, a guy that surprised me on, on that's what we got to pay attention to, really, the, over the next couple of games. Because I mean, you know, we already seen that the roster cuts aren't due to the thirty first, which is the end of this month. It's, it's a Saturday. I mean, yeah, they're going to use the ball that time. So we got to see what these guys come in and do. But uh, what I was about to say it was uh, a guy that really surprised me, though, that did stand out during that Dolphins game was Jamel Dean. He had uh, two solo Dean, tackles. Man. And two pass defenses had a really nice breakup and an interception as he well. He almost had two interceptions. That would have been a pick six. So, I think that's why he dropped it. He got hungry, man. Oh, and he's looking pretty swole too. I think he eats his vitamins for Where's sure. Where's he from? He's from Auburn. Auburn guy, a guy that uh, what tore his ACL uh, two yeah, two yeah. seasons in a row or something yeah. like that. Uh, but six foot one, two hundred and six pounds. He looked he looked a lot bigger than two hundred and six pounds. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Well, you wanna, where'd they draft him at? Uh, Jamel Dean was drafted in the second round, I believe. He no, was the third round. Third round. He was the uh, second cornerback. He was drafted after. Yeah. No, he was second round, wasn't he? Yeah. So he yeah, was he was second round because they moved up to get him. That's that's right. No, he was third round. Excuse me. He was just. He did second. move up. He was the second one after Bunting, and then it was Mike Edwards. Yeah. It's exciting to watch him. It's definitely looking pretty good. Um, and, you know, two names we've already mentioned, Ryan Griffin, definitely being camp standouts. Hargraves has been kind of dubbed the uh, quote-unquote MVP of the training camp situation. Um, a lot of riders are, are high on what he's been doing. Haven't seen it transition to the games so much yet. But I think, uh, you know, it's, it's preseason for everybody. As everything gets going and everything kind of come together over these next couple weeks, I think, you know, come week one, where it's kind of – Maybe benefiting us with the San Francisco game. Garoppolo not looking too good the other day. Got mm-hmm. look, garbage. Looking a little rusty. Um, we may, come back from major injury. We, we may come into a situation where George Kittle might not even be ready for week one. So, I mean, if we can catch the uh, 49ers on their heels, if you will, that can be a good kickoff to our season. They got to travel all the way from the West Coast over here. You know, they got the jet lag situation, the time difference, and all that kind of stuff. Could be some beneficiary uh, things yeah, for Jim, us. Jimmy went one for six for zero yards and in interception on Monday night. Bad. Yeah. Balling, boy. Yep. You know another safety that played really good? Lucas Dennis. Yeah. Was it, didn't we just recently sign him? Yeah. He's, Not too uh, long ago? Yeah, he's from Boston or something like that. He is from Boston College. Boston College. Yes. He was a college free agent this year. Yeah, five total tackles, four solo. I yeah, mean, man, he looked pretty, pretty good. good. I mean, it was mop up duty, but you know, now now let's see what he can do next game. But that's that's the stuff that happens. You know, you play good in that mop up duty. Sometimes you get put in a little bit sooner to see what you can do against a little bit of the better competition. But the important thing is, we got a game coming up Friday. I'm gonna miss it. I'm sad. I'm gonna miss it as well. I'll watch I, it for y'all. I, I, I gotta try to I'm catch tape it. it. I gotta try, try to catch it, as they say in Jamaica. Ponder replay. Ponder replay. Well, what do you got going on? 
Booker football Booker coverage. Football, boy. Oh, yeah. Well, right, we got a game against crosstown rival Cardinal Mooney. The same the damn Cougars. kickoff time as the Bucks. <laughs> I call them the Cardinals. So you know what I may do? I may I may bring in. I, I got my uh, bring the iPad out and watch it on the side. No, I got my phone. I may watch it on ESPN. Uh, it's not going to be on. ESPN. You watch it on no, Hulu. It's going to be ABC. So you can watch ABC. it on Hulu. All right, I figure I might just watch it pull up on the ESPN because you know how they have like the little like mm-hmm. the little the little the little football field. It's like a pass. You got Comcast, little, right? The little hoop. I got a. Actually, I could watch on pay, PlayStation View probably. Yeah, yeah. You just tape it. Download the View. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, I got, watch I got it on your phone. I got PlayStation View. I was watching. On my actually, phone you're not going to be able to do that because they don't they don't have the preseason games on there. Really? Yeah, like the last two games are NBC and PlayStation NBC View for us, but it doesn't cover live local programming. NBC Sports? Really? Yes, really. Really? They're, that was uh, all Ty- time. You've been waiting for that all night. <laughs> What's his name? Tyler Mokalate. Oh, young Mokalate. Oh, young Mokalate. Really? Blaine Gabbert. But, uh, yeah, Blaine <laughs> Gabbert. It's exciting to watch this game coming up, man, because those are like two building dynasties. They're, t- they're two Definitely teams. the Browns. Definitely. Two teams. Nah, I'll say I Listen, the Bucks, two, man, the Bucks are actually. We're did, building. Didn't we look this up? Didn't we look this up? Hmm. The two, the losingest teams in NFL history. Yeah, you mm-hmm. did not believe me, but the Lions. Well, the Lions number was number two, but the number one, and, and it's the number one in all of the four major sports. It's the Buccaneers at thirty eight percent. I thought it winning was the percentage. Browns. I thought it was the man. Browns. Really did. The Browns were actually like third or fourth on the list. I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah. Um, notable people. That are questionable or out for this game, um, for the the Cleveland Browns. Just going back to that stat real quick. Do you know how lucky that makes us? Because we've seen the winning seasons. Imagine if we didn't have that span of 10, 12 years, yeah, fifteen years us. of Derek Brooks, Warren Sapp, John Lynch, Ronnie. Like if we didn't have that, like Did you we ever would go be to any of those games? the laughing stock. Yeah, I got in the paper. That's the, right, that's the, right. the the second game of the Giants. The, it was the second game of Raymond James Stadium. And uh, it was against the Giants. So for the Cleveland Browns notables yeah. that are that are questionable, everybody on this list is questionable. Um, Ishmael Hyman, wide receiver. ODB, questionable. I think he may be somebody that we see, though. Um, Najoku is also questionable. Jermaine Whitehead, the safety, is questionable. And McQuan Dean is questionable for Mr. Mills, the brother. Browns. No, it's spelled different. Oh. <laughs> um, questionable for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Vita Vea, he's probably somebody who won't be back to like the second or third game. Um, Evans is questionable. JPP is for sure out. Just, don't play don't play Evans, right? I mean, yeah. let's for we what? know what he is. Let's not play him at yeah, all. Man. Justin Evans is out. And uh, Ronald Jones is questionable. Justin Evans was running today. Yeah. He was running. He wasn't doing, like, any turns or anything like that. He was just sprinting up and down the field with coaches. Before he did it, did he say, I just started running? Maybe. Okay. I didn't catch it, though. <laughs> All right. I just started did running. Did you get the reference, though? Yeah. That, okay. that, 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 that is definitely a good sign, though. That is, that is a good sign. The boot's off. My boy's getting some jogging time in. Much more than we can say for a certain – Wide receiver out in the Oakland area, out mm. in the Bay Area. Mr. I hurt my feet. Now I'm having my second grievance against the uh, NFL for a helmet. But this is Buck That Podcast. I don't want to get into that. If you want to hear my opinion on that, tune in this Sunday. No Boundary Sports Talk. 
myself, Derek Fugers, minus myself, will be holding down because Zach's going to be out of town. You need me to come over here and take his spot? Hey, for if him you want to come yeah. in, nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. Well, you get here by like eight thirty. All right. Not big shoes to fill, so it is, man. I gotta, I gotta come with them stats, boy, because I don't know where you grab them sometimes. The computer. Yep. He looks them up. Yeah, I, I think he has them, man. He Google. Like, it's a hell of a drug. You got more Windows and Microsoft. Over I'm just there, glad man. we don't have any cancers like that in our locker room. Well, see her. Who are you talking to? I don't know. I don't. She's talking back. She getting loud. She, she was getting loud. loud. It's uh, my phone. <laughs> These, but it's just like no boundaries. My phone going off. This is gonna be a good game, though. Um, I'm actually excited to try to catch the replay on NFL Network because they've been playing all they they replay all the uh, all the games. Maybe I can TiVo it or something like that. I don't know. I'll figure it out. I'm gonna try to figure it out. I know I could look it up some way somehow. Stream it. I'll find it. Facebook Live. Facebook Live. Something. Um, but yeah, I'm interested in this just because I think they're they're both good teams. Um, I want to see what Nick Chubb does. Are, are they letting Kareem Hunt play in the preseason right now, or is he like? Yeah, I believe okay. I, I believe he can still practice with the team. Uh, play. It's just, the, it's just the first four games. Or four six games. Yeah, yeah, I'll look that up. I, honestly, I'm not for sure if he has played, but I, I will look that up. I just sure. want to see what this offense because this is like this is the week that you kind of want to watch all the players because this is who you're going to kind of see maybe some those late round like fantasy football picks and stuff like that. And it's a hype game too. Yeah, this is a hype game. A lot of you know a lot of Ohio people down here in Florida, so I'm pretty sure that that. You know, Ray J is going to be equally filled with you know a good portion of uh. Hopefully, fans. Don't, hopefully don't monsoon. So he did not play in the first game against Washington, but he did play against Indy last okay, week. Okay, so we can we definitely see him in the game. He got two. He got two carries for uh, six yards. So limited. Uh, limited, limited workload. Action. Yep, limited workload. May see a little bit more of uh, Cream Hunt this game. Um, you know, I kind of want to see what Odell Beckham's going to do. Jarvis Landry, I mean, that's a, that's a damn good wide receiver tandem right there. Well, not just that. I mean, they've got uh, Jalen Strong, who was, I believe, a first-round pick uh, or a second-round pick to Houston a couple years back. they got Rashard Higgins and Antonio Galloway, who's also Joey's brother? on the suspension, too. No, uh, did I say Galloway? I'm sorry, Calloway. Oh, okay. Out of, out of the University of Florida. Who's going to whoop up on uh, high seas? Canes this weekend in the Is swamp. that this weekend? It is. Saturday. No. Yeah, it's the game that High C is going to go to but not going to. Oh, man. That is Saturday. That is Saturday. He's going to be watching Ooh. at home as their Canes lose. 150th anniversary college football, by the way. What? For, for, every, for like the whole college football? 150th anniversary right. of college football. And they've cool. been throwing the pay skin for 150 years? In football. Or was it yak skin back then? <laughs> It might have been moose knuckle skin. All right, let's uh, let's get our predictions here before we close and wrap this show up. We're wrapping Bucks up. It's time Browns. already? It is. It is. that Man, you say that every single week. You know we have an hour show with no commercials. Like, it goes by like. It goes by fast, man. Like me in the sack. All right, let's go. Uh, <laughs> What's an hour, not 30 seconds? Um, All right. Uh, Craig, why don't you give me your prediction for this week's game? I think it's going to be a close one. I say uh, – I'm gonna go with the Buccaneers win it, twenty four twenty one. Ooh. All right, Eddie. Twenty seven nineteen Tampa Bay. Twenty seven nineteen. Where you get the nineteen from, my friend? I just saw nineteen over High C's head right there, right. September nineteen. So sound no like a good number. No worries. And what was yours again, Craig? Sorry. Twenty four twenty one. Twenty four twenty one. I'm gonna go also with a higher, closer score of of a game. 
Uh, I'm going to go Bucks, 28. Cleveland Browns, 27. Okay, I like it. On the back of one Matt game for the third week in a row. What? Okay. I like it. I like it. All right. Good predictions. Here's a prediction. Who has a better record at the end of the year, Cleveland or Tampa? Mm. I'll let you answer that one first, Craig. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't see Cleveland's full schedule. I think Cleveland's got a pretty, pretty decent schedule, though. Um, Read them out. Let me pull it up real quick. I think the Browns have a better chance to have a better record. One, they've got a better team depth, um, playmakers. They don't have to travel around the whole planet. Great running game, good offensive line, good defense, upcoming tight end, two elite, one elite wide receivers, one that's really, really good, maybe underrated, um, and a quarterback that's that in my eyes is probably one of the most accurate in the game right now. I'm going to say that they go, and also don't forget a weak division as well, a weaker division. You had you well, had here, a pick. Let's, let's come up collectively. Grab your piece of paper right there next to you. I'm going to read off the Cleveland Browns opponents. Week one, they play Tennessee. I think that's a win. Win. Week two, they play the Jets. Win. I think that's a win. Week three, they play against the Rams. Rams. And they play uh, at, they're at home. I, I say that's still, a I still loss there. I still, I still take the Rams. Uh, they play at Baltimore. I, st- I take Ravens. I'm going to take the Ravens as well. I agree. Um, they play at San Fran. I think that's a winnable game. Yeah, they'll win that. I think it's winnable as well. I think they're three and two by that time. They play the Seahawks. I get Seattle at home. Ooh, that's a tough one. I get Seattle. Let me get out of Seattle. In in the Browns or or Browns. at Browns? Yeah. I'm gonna say I'm gonna take the Browns on that one. Okay. Because the Seahawks the Seahawks aren't the same team on the road. All right, we'll just give it to the Browns for that one for all sake of argument. They come off a bye week. They have New England. I think that's a loss. Loss. Yep. Uh, they got Denver at Denver the week after that. I think that's probably. Hmm. Mm, did Joe Flacco play that game? Is it at Denver? You said it's at Denver. At Denver. Ooh, I, I give it's it to Joe de- Flacco. It's that defense. It's that defense. I'll take Denver. Then they're at home. They play Buffalo. Buffalo offense is looking raw, boy. Oh, I still think that the uh, the Browns will pull that one off. I think it's going to be a really close I'll go game Buffalo. for sure. Uh, I, I'm going to say the Browns will win that one. Then they play Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Ooh. Well, let's say that the Browns are going to get at least one of these games against Pittsburgh. Well, this first game is them at home. It's a Thursday night game. I will give them that it's one. It's actually a Thursday night game, and the Browns are the home team, so I'm going to give them that win. We'll give it to Cleveland. Because okay. usually, historically, the Thursday night game, the home team wins. Um, my Then they play Miami. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a dub. And that, historically, a unless it's the Bucks. Yeah. Then... They there's only a couple teams that have lost on Thursday night football at home and Bucks are one of them. Yeah. Um, then they go to uh, Pittsburgh. They'll probably lose that They'll one. Lose that one. Then they return home. They play the Bengals. Mm. The Bengals have been a team that I'm not really impressed with them. I think that's going to be a win right there. Then they play Arizona in Arizona. I think that is a the win Browns as well. Man, it's a lot of dubs for the Browns this year. They play Baltimore again, but this time they're at home. That's they probably well. Split. We got them. We got them winning or losing against Baltimore. <laughs> so they're probably the first this game. One. Split, split. 
Okay. And then the last game is against go, the Bengals. And then they play at the Bengals the last game, and I'll give them that one too. Who's, who the Bengals got back there? Kitna? So right now we have the Browns for 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 wins. Going Damn. 12 and hey, no 4 way. No this way. season. I'm going to have to say we're wrong on at least four of these. So Probably. I'm, I'll say at least 10. Eight, I'll, I'll say, say like eight, 10 eight. or 6. I think that Seattle game is going to be a tough one. That Denver game going up to Denver uh, is going to be a tough one. Oh, wait. We said a loss on that one. We said okay. a loss on that one. All right. One. So that would have been uh, 11 and 5. But still, still the Tennessee opener. I mean, Tennessee's a tough game. I, I say, but I say nine and seven, ten and six. Around, around there, I say eight and eight, nine and seven. Yeah, I think. But I think, it is the Buck that podcast. It is. I think it's gonna be interesting. I think, and I think the Bucks have the potential to be around that eight and eight, nine and seven. More importantly, the Bucks will win. The Bucks gonna get a right. eleven yes. wins. We'll see. If I make this, Bucks win. All right, Kobe. Uh, <laughs> hey, I made it on top of the Buck stuff. Sean Bradley. <laughs> With that being said, I'm your boy, Craig. For Zach, for Eddie, this has been another edition of Buck That Podcast. Peace out.